unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Galt with your host, Ken Ken. Welcome to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, as usual, we have Ryan the New Flockhart and Ryan Gald, Galdi here to share their insight and their expertise on the races from this past weekend. Uh, Galdi, so there was some TV issues. Uh, the motos didn't air uh, live. They aired at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so that was mostly due to the uh, Rogers outage. We've all been dealing with that across Canada, even here in Saskatchewan. Uh, we had a bunch of issues. Um, is there anything you want to say about that, Galdi? Even here in Saskatchewan, it's all of Canada. What do you think? You're your own freaking country. <laughs> we, we have our own, uh, <laughs> our own, our own phone company. So I thought maybe it would help. Um, yeah, I'm just busting your butts. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it obviously played a role. Uh, the boys have Starlink now, right? Elon Musk's big fancy audio and all that kind of stuff and, and everything. And then, um, now news. Now we can hear news music. And he said, "I know. I, I know. I thought they just turned up the stereo." <laughs> news in an airport, everybody. We'll sorry, boys. But anyway, sorry, um, so the, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. But like with the satellites down, and I guess the way that Musk stuff work at satellite, and it just they just couldn't get it to work properly, and it would have just cut in and out, and it would have made for um, a worse show doing it that way. So what we did is basically just make a show and then they ran it at 9 p.m. like you shared at the opening there and that was just the best case scenario instead of trying to do it and cutting out and not working and then maybe missing us talking everything at least this way here basically what we did is almost like went old school and um and we did a basically pre-recorded show and then they put it back up at 9 p.m. at night and uh, me and Newf watched when we got home and everything worked pretty good uh, I think it was a good show again. I mean, the 250 class was amazing. Obviously, we're going to get into that. Uh, the one funny thing, I don't know if you caught it, Ken, or not, but, uh, well, you said you missed the first photo there before we got on. This, uh, the first two motos, we didn't realize that myself and Kyle's headsets were crossed. <laughs> so we didn't realize that they were crossed. So he's wearing mine, and I'm wearing his. And we have a cough button, or, right, or like a mute button if you got to sneeze or whatever, right? And, well... Uh, once you get going on the first couple laps, they get going. Even like when we do these, you know, I got a cough once in a while. Well, I hit the button. Well, I'm muting him, and all you can hear is me coughing. Yeah, I, I did notice that actually. So, by the time I got in, a couple moments there, like where the, my, I'm out of some snot in my nose, and I had a big snot, you know, looking sound like I did a big line of drugs in the middle of the show for crazy. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting for a little moment there, and we didn't know about it until like I think it was about halfway through the first 450 moto. So for those that did listen, they might have been like, "What was that? Oh, oh God, okay, what's going on here?" Yeah. Anyway, that was what it was. We had we had our lines crossed on the, <laughs> on the microphones, and I'm Ty, Kyle's talking, and I'm thinking I'm cutting myself out, but no, I'm actually muting him that and coughing and stuff, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. New clearly had a kick out of that last night when he was down in his <laughs> bottle of red wine while we we're watching it. Yeah, yeah. I was enjoying <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did notice that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Galdi, you guys. Uh, started talking a little bit about uh, motocross and nations on the broadcast. Um, one question I had about that, y y listening to Steve and and uh, 
the guys on the Racer X uh, review podcast, they're talking a lot about having a 450 guy drop down to 250. Do you think that's something Team Canada could look at? Uh, when you see a guy like Josiah Notsky show up who's getting like 10th to 20th in the States to come in and start dominating like that, it, I don't know what that really says about the, um, the 250 talent pool that we have here. What what about someone like uh, Moffenbeier or uh, Cole Thompson or something? Somebody dropping down and riding the 250 at Motocross and Nations is that something we could uh, look at? I mean, Cole Thompson absolutely not. And yeah. We're gonna get into a little bit of yeah. his semi douchebaggery, if you will, this weekend. Oh. Um, douchery, uh, douchery, Galdi. That's the word. Douchery, yeah. It was it wasn't cool, and we're gonna bring that up because I got it told to me by our gate personnel down there and everything like that. And anyway, uh, but as far as the donations go, I mean, yeah, Moffenbeier, Tyler Medallia. Uh, would be names I think that you could put, you know, put in that. Hey, even Tanner Ward, really, I guess. Yeah, that yeah Tanner. 250 Cowie might be a little bit. Uh, maybe not. No, that's, that bike seems fine. It blew up this weekend with that new kid on it, so maybe not. But anyway, like all three of those guys could definitely do it. Is that the right thing to do no, on our no, thing? I, I don't, think, don't so. think so. I don't think so. I think it, I, I honestly think the best team this year would be the same team we had last year. Yeah. With uh, Dylan Wright, Tyler Medallia, and, and Jacob Piccolo. I mean, Ryder McNabb has a case if he keeps going with like what we saw this weekend, but yeah. you know, you get a little experience and all that kind of stuff. And you know, they're comfortable in the environment. It's closer to home this year. Yeah. Um, but the reason we were bringing it up is because nobody else is not <laughs> even like so-called team manager. Uh, I don't even want to bring up his name because it's a, a fucking joke that it is that way, but that's just my own personal feeling. But I mean, like, fuck man, like where's some, like, why are we raising money? Why are we raising awareness? It's four hours from the border of Ontario, man. It will be smothered in Canadian yep. fans, just like it was in 18. We're doing the Pip Like a Nations again and shit. It's going to be awesome. So, like, we should be pumping the shit out of this and going and enjoying uh, a chance to have it this close to home again within the last four years. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the people that are running it are just, like, asleep at the wheel they're all zombies basically yeah i haven't heard a thing well hold on a second though the program's a joke is what the that's the biggest thing like why yeah like dylan wright wasn't even going to be on the team last year like yeah until pettis got hurt yeah until yeah. pettis got hurt like it's just a joke it's just, it's it's shitty that it's this way when it's so close to home you know what i mean yeah no this is the this is the one we all jump on board we are such we are a nation of we love cheering for our guys like in, in 18 man it was so amazing to see how many Canadians went and supported it and everything like that. So, um, anyway, I, yeah, as far as the 250 thing, I don't think we, I don't think we should do it. I think the team is pretty simple this year. It's Dylan Tyler and uh, and Piccolo, just to make it simple. Um, the only other way to make it even a little more simpler would is is that if you did use Ryder McNabb, then Diggs would probably put his rig in there, and then you got two bikes already ready to go in the same rig, yeah. and Tyler's comfortable with anybody. That would be the, the only thing that would that would make it a little easier. Okay, well let's let's uh, hop into the 250s and start talking about how uh, everybody's day went. So again, Josiah Notsky won one. Uh, so it seems like he has all three elements of uh, of a motocross rider. He gets good starts. He doesn't seem to get tired, and he's got plenty of speed. Noof, uh, what did you think of Josiah's ride on the weekend? Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, it was impressive. Um, I, it's like. <laughs> He was three and a half seconds a lot faster than those guys in practice. Um, yeah. It was he was like faster almost, than Dylan. Yeah, he was faster than Dylan. It was like, we were kind of like, what the fuck? A little bit from the team side of things. 
And I came back to the truck after practice, and McNabb was all fired. There's no way he's three and a half seconds. I'm like, dude, just, <laughs> he's really good, man. Like, he is really good. He's, he, he looked like a man out there yesterday, if that makes sense. Like, his line choice, and, you know, he is a little bit older than those guys. But, um, dude, he put he put the smack down on them yesterday. Um, started second or third both motos and just kind of passed in the lead. The second moto got a little bit interesting he hit the wall, man. He was fading at the end, and he got screwed by a couple lappers. Yeah. And obviously, the battle within the battle with McNabb and uh, Harrison and Piccolo, um, all of a sudden, Natsuki was just right there. Galdi, you would have noticed that on the TV show. Yeah. Way, you know, lap times are dropping, and <laughs> it was good. And he admitted, though, uh, admitted it, Galdi, on the podium. Like, he was smoked. He was tired. He's, I got tired. Um, but honestly, just a pretty much a perfect day for, for Josiah. It was, uh, he's fun to watch. Really good rider. Uh, okay. Ryder McNabb, two, two. Uh, he seemed to have lots of speed all day. Uh, but I guess he just kind of needed to start farther up front to, uh, to, to really challenge for that win. What do you think? Well, he wasn't, he wasn't going to beat Natsuki yesterday. Um, in my opinion, I mean, lap, like speed wise, it wasn't happening. Sorry no. to interrupt you there, Ken, but, yep, no uh, Goldie, you can take her from there on the McNabb train. Well, I, I would agree. He was the second best guy all day, um, and he proved it in the motos. But, I, I like, you know, it's funny. We talked about it last week on the Walden podcast about the dumb lines that he's taken in the outsides. Well, he made the outsides work this yeah. week, yeah. and he actually passed both. Uh, it was Piccolo and, I think, Canella when we on TV. But he, he really made the outsides work, the, the section around the mechanics area outside there and then the left after it outside there. He was like the only rider taking it. He was the only one making it work. Even Dylan in the next 450 model couldn't make it work. So it was it was cool to see him taking things. But we almost got to the same point until Harrison goes down. Of uh, Newf likes to use the words race management. Harrison's race management is unbelievable. Yeah. He is crafty. He is smart. He just sticks to the right line. Those guys can get beside him, but they get flustered. They can't get around him. They blow a berm or hop a berm or whatever it was. And he almost did it again. Literally... He was coming up to get the two lap board, and he and he tips over in that turn, and McNabb goes over the berm, Piccolo inside, and this and that. But um, you know, it worked out for McNabb, and I said it on the TV show before. Uh, I think it was before the second moto. I go, this is the day right here that's going to make McNabb's year. He needs to he needs to be the second best guy, or he needs to be with Natsuki, and he made yeah. it happen, man. And he, he clawed away eleven points on Harrison, and. Uh, uh, nine points or, or not? What? No, yeah, nine, eight points on um on Piccolo. We're down to you know it's nine points for behind Harrison and seven points behind or for Piccolo down. So nine points between the three of them. Like this is this is fucking awesome. It is. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's that, awesome. Sorry to jump in here, but like once again, that Moto Two, that was like like hero fan stuff that you want to watch like that was like i was full fanboy out there on the track i was yelling and screaming and and running around it was it was nuts uh okay so third sorry goldie uh no no i'm just gonna say awesome it was just awesome uh third overall was uh jacob piccolo like i said before we started there i wasn't able to watch the first moto so just looking at the lap times uh looks like about lap five he went from second to eighth was that a crash or what happened there? Oh yeah, he did go down in the first moto. Um, he, dude, two whole shots again. Like, how, That's how many whole shots has he pulled this year, Goldie? Almost he's, every one. He's right? only missed. I think he's only missed two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Out of twelve motos, I think he has ten. Yeah. I think wow. we were talking about that on the broadcast. I'm pretty sure Kyle said he's got ten. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, his starts are so good, and like he. Uh, yes, please. I'm um, sorry. Yeah, his starts are so good. And, <laughs> Another yeah, beer, like, please. <laughs> Another beer, please. Uh, sorry, boys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, back to him. Yeah, he went down, and the, the bummer part was for for Jake is that he didn't. He did after he went down. He just. He just didn't seem like he got going again. But then, of course, another good start in Moto Two, and man, he he dug deep once again. But it's just not luck wasn't on his side yesterday, right? Like McNabb went by him, and then he tried to hook on McNabb, and he almost got him back there in the, in the Harrison situation. But like, he's got to be a little bit flustered, in my opinion, because he hasn't won yet this year. He hasn't won it overall, and yeah. he is the champion. But this thing. Even though he's still in the battle, it almost feels a tiny bit, tiny, tiny bit like it's slipping away from him. That makes sense. Uh, fourth overall, Marco Canella with a 3-5 moto scores. Um, saw a little bit of, of him on TV, but didn't really get get into it a whole lot. Golly, uh, what do you think of uh, Marco's ride on the weekend? I mean, he was, he was decent. At first, Moto was pretty awesome between him and Quinn Amiot. They battled pretty much the entire race, and Amiot got yeah. him with, like, two laps to go. And then Marco ended up fighting back and getting him just before, like, you know, half a lap before the the white flag. So it was pretty pretty awesome battle. Good for him to get that third. Um, but, again, he just – it's not that he's not in shape. It's not that he's not talented. He's just not there right now with these guys. These guys get ahead of him. They – they pass him at will, and when I say these guys, I'm talking about the Harrison, McNabb, uh, Piccolo, and now and now Natsuki. But um, he just—I don't know—he's like he's the next tier guy, like he's the next of the best guys, or he's the best of the next guys. Sorry, not the next of the best guys. <laughs> and um, he—I don't know. Like Newt keeps talking, put him on a 450, put him on a 450. It's a wash, yeah. and I, it kind of is like he's not in championship contention. And I mean, if come to look at it, me and Newford talking points and looking at the points on the way home. If Natsuki wins out and does what he's doing right now, like he still has an opportunity to be the fourth or fifth guy in the class in the yeah. points, and, and still missing the first three rounds. So yeah, or first four, no, yeah, first three, three rounds. So um, and that could be and passing guys like Canella, Canella with a five three, right? That's thirty six points. Natsuki got fifty again. There's another fourteen points. Last weekend it was like a twenty points. He's playing 35 points right there. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. It's, right now, the season is not – it's 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 okay, but it's not great. It's not going great for Canel. There's a lot of frustration. Um, he's got these moments to showcase that he still belongs, that he can go fast, and he deserves to be on a team. But right now, it's just not playing out that the way the contract was made for him this year. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's tough. It's not easy doing it, but he's still fighting, and, you know, he's putting up uh, putting up an effort. Uh, so Mitchell Harrison, uh, I think everybody had pretty high expectations for him being a Michigan boy, and he said more than once that he he really likes the sand. So I thought, uh, personally, I thought he was going to come in and, and really try to put a whooping on everybody. But uh, six four moto scores, I guess, crashes both motos. I think, I, like I said, I didn't see the first one, but yeah, Noof, what do you what do you think of that? What happened there, other than crashes? <clears throat> yeah, honestly, I don't know what happened to him in the first moto. I don't think he went down. Did he, Goldie? He didn't go down. In the yeah, he did. No, he did. T- yeah, he tipped yeah. over. And we had it on TV too, actually. And I just, I'm, I'm drawing a blank of where it was, and we oh, obviously okay. missed it last night. But, but yeah, he, yeah, he did. It was a tip over, uh, not long after Piccolo tipped over. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Maybe two, two laps after, or something like that. First moto, like I said, I didn't really notice him that much. Obviously, I was had my eyes on him because I'm he's the red plated guy. And, yeah. Uh, 
I'm the same. I'm on the same page as you can. I had high expectations for him coming in. You know, he's he's a bit older, um, experienced Michigan guy. I thought he was going to be deadly there. I'm like, dude, like he's going to be the guy to beat. Um, but once again, race management golf in second moto, he was solid. He rebounded, yeah. he was super solid. I don't think McNabb would have got him, and I love trust me, I'm. I'm on that side, but I don't think McNabb was going to get him if he, if he didn't go down, um, my personal opinion, um, because McNabb was smoked, um, and they were all, everybody was on the same yeah. playing field of how tired they were that late in the moto. And um, he went down, but, man, huge point swing, and, and he, he's fine, though. Like, he's, he, he's good. Yeah, he lost 11 to, to McNabb. Um, when McNabb, they were kind of probably thinking that he's kind of out of this thing, so... Um, Still the red plate um, going into to Santa Lee. Um, Santa Lee is typically a hard track to pass on. It's very one line. If Harrison gets starts at Santa Lee, that will be tough for the boys. So, um, yeah. But a bit of an off day, in my opinion. Okay, six overall, Quinn Amiot. So, uh, Galdi, I think you mentioned it. Uh, really good first moto. That battle with Canella right towards the end of the moto was awesome that was kind of right where i tuned in and i got to see that part um second moto worked his way up to seventh um i didn't see was that a bad start or did he go down early in that moto uh we i i don't know if well he did get a bad start but i i have a feeling he crashed i didn't get a chance to talk to him and we didn't get it on tv but i feel like he crashed because i think if we look at the first green flag when he came across he was like 28 so he put on a hell of a charge on a track that was gnarly uh, it, it wasn't super hot, but it was hot enough to play a little factor. So it was a pretty salvage ride. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know if, if Quinn listens to these or not, but there's a good buzz in the pits about Quinn Amion right now. And it I is like in him. A very good, yeah, it's in a very good direction yeah. uh, for Quinn Amion. All teams are looking at him. All teams are talking about him. So the, the changes that he's made um, from last year to this year, whether it was just, you know, training, he kind of did an interview on the TV show there and he said, he's just trying to have more fun. And of course everybody says, I always want to have more fun, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's going really well. And the season, we still got, you know, four rounds to go and supercross and stuff like that. And the, he's the, he is the talk of the pit as far as where he could go or maybe he stays where he is. I don't really know. I, again, I missed an opportunity. I had it on my, my list to do to go talk to Frank, the owner of the Man Luck Rock River team, yeah. and just pick his brain and stuff like that. But they seem to have a good little system and a good program that he fits. Maybe he stays there. Maybe he goes somewhere else. I know there's some some options about the McNabb and and Dylan Wright. Their their contracts are up. And does Tanner stay with Cowie? I assume he's got a two year deal. And uh, you know, there's Canella. Obviously, is a big question mark and um, stuff like that. So anyway, uh, Quinn Amiot, I, I, we all love what we're seeing right now, and it's uh, it's a very positive thing. And you got to say that he's the surprise right now of this class. He's doing amazing, and, and it's it's good to see. Seventh was Cole Thompson with the nine six. Uh, you guys already mentioned that you have some stuff you want to talk about on that. But yeah. before you do that, I just want to ask you guys. So I'm assuming the dinner bet was off when he hopped onto a two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually knew it was fair on that one. He actually said, "Well, it's not fair now," and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess not." But how that was, I don't know. I, the rule side of it make that seems weird to me. How do you ride one bike, a different CC bike, in one practice? I'd have yeah. to read up on that. I don't, I don't feel like that's ever come up. I don't think it is it is written in the book that way. I just, 
I don't know. It felt a little greasy to me, but it is what it is. There's been greasy times with Cole on things like this for years and, and stuff. I mean, his riding was decent. He definitely didn't do anything spectacular. Um, but, uh, um, I mean, Noob knows the story too, but I'll take it away here because he's a little more close to the situation. So yeah. I get, I get, a, I get, I get at the end of the day and I talked to my buddy that does staging and stuff like that. Not a triple crown guy, this kid that was helping out down there and stuff. And he's like, man, did you hear about what Cole did to Ryder McNabb? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And this is before the first gate drop. So I guess Cole rolls, rolls into the gate uh, right beside Ryder, and they're just to the left of the box, I think. And uh, he comes in and he's like, I guess the wording is, are you ready for this smoke kid? And he says it to Ryder, and I guess Ryder doesn't really say anything. And, uh, you know, and then he, he's kind of staring at him and like, it's almost like if you want to use a word that's used a lot nowadays, she's like trying to bully a fucking 16 year old kid. Mm-hmm. And for what reason, it's not any, a couple other little things went on and he, it was a really kind of, it sounded like really douchebaggy. And for what reason, I don't really grasp it because Cole has no, I can't imagine why he'd have a beef with Ryder McNabb or maybe they've, never even, they've never even talked before. That's the thing. Like. Ryder would never even talk to him. He probably looked up to him as a kid. Like, Cole was probably one of his fucking heroes. Yep. He does this shit. So Yeah, anyway, so yeah. we, no, no, no. So we hear about this, and, I, and neither me or Kyle knew about this. So Kyle didn't say anything at the end of the day. Like, he didn't know, I don't think, or nothing, right? I just happened to catch his base as we're leaving, and then I'm telling, I'm telling Newt the story on the way home, and then he's like, yeah, man, I knew about this, and Kyle went to this, and, well, and then, so <laughs> I guess we can call it karma. Uh, Kenny would have missed this because he didn't see the first gate drop. Well, I don't know if Cole didn't clean it out good enough or whatever. The gate doesn't drop all the way. He fucking, the gate drops just enough for his front wheel to go over. It hooks his frame and just launches him over the bunker <laughs> two feet out of the gate. And it's all on TV. And we yeah. didn't know it was him in the moment. I'm like, holy Jesus, there's a guy with the bars. And then Kyle pipes up. That oh, it was my brother. He's way back. Blah, blah, okay. So we keep an eye on him. And then at the end of the day, I hear this story. And I'm like, well, you know what? You were being a dick to an underage kid. I guess it looks good on you in the moment kind of thing, you know? So, again, I don't know why Cole would do that. Maybe he was joking around and it was misconstrued, but I don't know. There was no need for it. He was kind of a – there was some stuff last weekend with Tyler Medallia and Dylan Wright uh, as well, and they they shared some stories after the day. The way that Cole came back was a cool story, but then you hear this stuff, it's like, well, the douchebag side of him just doesn't leave, and I love him or hate him. You give her respect for his riding, but these stories keep coming out, man. And like, why the fuck, Cole? Like, just just show up and race, man. Be yeah. you. And and these these ones here, I mean, you just you lose respect. You lose respect easily for the number sixteen when you hear this stuff. Why can't? Why couldn't he just be a normal dude? Go out there and be a fucking hero on that one twenty five, Galdi, and have people coming up and giving you high fives all fucking day. Wouldn't that be awesome? No, totally. I think it. I he think his bike just can't. broke. That's what Kyle okay. said, but okay. I never sure. got. I never got confirmation on it. He just can't though. Like, okay, I. I don't. I didn't know if the bike broke or not. But to me, it looks like a whole big game. One twenty. You know, he's talking. I'm riding the one twenty five, and then all of a sudden he goes out. He was P thirteen in the first practice, dude. I don't care what place you're in. That's awesome. You're riding a one twenty five, dude. It tracks gnarly. Yeah. No, shows up on the and the whole yeah. thing. Like he's under the fucking limelight spotlight. His brothers own the series. Cole yeah. is the darling. 
outsiders, like, you know, he rides a 125 in one practice and then a 250 in another practice. Should he be allowed to ride the 250 class? He's the Triple Crown Series champion. Should, he be, the, an, like, should just, he be in a practice? Like, should, like, should, should he? he? I was like, okay with that. Being, I, well, okay, actually, you know what? I said I'm okay with that because he's a past champion. Okay. But if but he's he a past champion, he shouldn't have been reading my bike, I guess. So, I don't know. It just fucking... You know what? I love Kyle. I work with him just as my boss and everything. So, I, you know, I... But I just, it's just the whole fucking picture of it all just looks real greasy and, and kind of slippery and shit. And it is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. And, uh, that's, that's what it's, that's what it's gotta be. Like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of, it's a bad yeah. look for it all. Um, so anyways, uh, number, uh, eighth place, Sebastian Racine, he went eight, eight, didn't see really anything of him on the broadcast or at least the parts that I was able to watch. Uh, Galdi, what do you think of Sebastian's ride? Did you see anything special there? Um, pretty average, pretty quiet. You know, started around eighth and ninth. Nothing spectacular. He's just been kind of that same guy right now the last few rounds. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I I would say it's still a successful. Everything seems successful in it. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, yeah, you got some fifths and uh, even a podium there and some motos. So you know what? I guess you do that once. You're like, why can't I do it again? And um, so I don't know. It's I. I don't know where to sit on that one. I don't know if you should be pissed off or you should be happy. But eight eight on a tough day like that, still quality points. I guess it's a you know move past it and just take it for what it was because it was a hard day. It was an early day, and he he didn't really get himself in the hunt to be part of that that top that top uh, echelon of guys. Okay, uh, Wyatt Kerr, uh, seven nine for ninth overall. Uh, did get a, a chance to watch him a little bit on the broadcast. It seemed like a pretty good ride for him, and that kind of seems to be where when he's riding good, that's kind of where he slots in. Maybe he could do a little better if he if things go his way, but that that seven to tenth area seems like where he slots in. Snoof, what do you think? No, th- those those rides were better than his, and and I get it. That's where he's finishing, kind of that seven to nine when it's a good day. Um, but those rides were really good um he started okay. third in the second motor and he ran up there for a little bit like he's he's gaining the experience that he needs right yeah um first moto too like dude first moto mcdab was behind him for like five laps four laps yeah, yeah. so his starts were really good mm-hmm. um he needed that though um i talked to his i was with his dad before the first moto galdi will work off the story on that but um i'm not getting into that so anyways me and his me and his dad are good buddies and uh we're shooting the shit he's like i'm like i'm like dude what happened at walton like like you're better than that he's like my kid has no confidence in himself he needs to he needs to believe in himself i'm like dude he's he's a great rider and he's like and trust me and i i've been in that position before where you start putting pressure on yourself and you want to perform and it, it backfires on you. But the kid is a really, really good kid. I just think this weekend, really, I know the motos were still set, whatever, seven, nine or whatever he went, but he learned this weekend, man. He hooked onto that group for a little while. That's something that he hasn't done yet. Um, like put his name between Racine and Mackay. Like you're going to say Mackay next and 10 um, in that moto or whatever. That was a good weekend for, for Wyatt, for sure. Proud of him. Proud of him, for sure. Uh, okay, so 10th was Tyler Gibbs with 11, 11 moto scores. Uh, Goldie, he probably wants to be a little higher up in the order than that, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, 
hundred percent. I mean, what you've seen, that wasn't a great day, but he, he I think he crashed a lot, man. He see, every oh, time he? I kind of cheated. Yeah, he was. He was down. Stuff. He was down a bunch. He was laying on the ground and then coming back. So I think he showed a lot of fight. It, it doesn't really show on the score sheet, but he showed a lot of fight yesterday and uh, salvaged some good points. Because I think, yeah, he was eating. The, he was eating the soil a lot. A, a year, a year ago, he would have quit. He would have. That would have been a DNF, DNF for him. From what I saw, he was down a lot. Um, so it was nice to see him. I mean. No, obviously not the result like Ken said that he wanted, but he would have. There's no way he would have finished either moto last year. So Jerry Mackay, knew if you mentioned him, he went 16th in the first moto and then 10th in the second moto. Uh, that's kind of again where he's he's been slotting in. Was there anything uh, anything that you saw well, being there at the track that was that was special about that ride, Newf? No, it was a garbage day for him. Was I don't it? know what happened. Um, it doesn't look like I'm just looking at the lap chart here. He started 21st uh, in the second moto, and he made his way to 10th. That's a good ride, but um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know what's going on with him. It can't be the season he wants. I mean, he put a, a lot of work in the off season. I mean, he did rebound there in Manitoba and had a little bit of speed, and, and everything's good. Speed's not an issue. It's just like the whole program that he's got going on isn't working right now, and I'm sure he's frustrated as hell. But um, yeah, pretty wild. Pretty wild day for him. I'm, I'm sure his expectations were a lot higher than that. I actually saw them leaving, like, very fast after the second 250 moto. So um, I guess the drive back to Quebec probably uh, wasn't too happy. <laughs> it was quiet, really quiet. quiet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess through the rest of the field. So Sam Gaynor, that's his first uh, first ride back in the, in the main classes. Uh, so he was doing double duty, you said, on the broadcast? Yeah, he rode the troop, the premix, the FXR premix, and then rode the the 250 class. So there's no argument. I think that Sam Gainer, he's in good shape. He's an all hard racer for sure. I, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm impressive day. Good to see him back on the bike and racing again. And yeah, and uh, yeah, you got to give kudos. He's that kid's in, he's in decent shape. That's for sure. Uh, okay, is there anybody else you guys want to talk about through the rest of the field? Well, Massey Angelo had, uh, obviously, we talked very highly of him last weekend at Walton. Um, he had a bit of a shit show day, there's no question, and I won't get into all the details on that, but uh, his bike blew up in the first or second lap of practice, and they were going to leave, but then we uh, they ended up finding a bike to qualify on while his dad drove home and got the other bike, and he ended up racing, of course. But he had a huge crash, and I actually saw it, um, a huge crash in the first moto. And he was limping around, and uh, he got 12th in the second moto. So probably not the date he was looking for it. Because wouldn't you consider that, Goldie? Like, that's his hometown race, right? He's pretty close to Gopher. Oh, yeah. He should have been way better for sure. And uh, how they came without another bike. Loretta's bike. Yeah, that just fucking sounds stupid to me. But anyway, I I, I don't I don't I mean that, I'm sorry. No, that that's no, I'm not saying sorry. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. This is the nut. You're close. Your home national and everything. Have both your bikes there. Loretta's like, sorry, Preston, but who the fuck? They were going home. Loretta's this year. They were going like, home. Who cares of Loretta's? Like, they what is he gonna get? Loretta's tenth, twelfth? What are you gonna get a fucking ride? <laughs> they like, were I don't know. I, I, that, that that irks me. Sorry, you just shared that with me. That irks me. Yeah, that I fucking know. bugs me. Sorry, man. But they yeah, were gonna go me. home. They were going to go home after practice. Why are you not bringing two motorcycles to the track? Yeah. Uh, Frustrating. Yeah. It was kind Move of... Move on and fire yeah, okay. up. Move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> 450s. Okay, let's 450s. get into 450s then. 
kind of just worked out the way things have been working out for the last few rounds. Dylan Wright again, 1-1. One, one. Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about perfect season, and that's one more step towards that. Uh, Noof, what can you say about how, how good Dylan's riding right now? It was So, from the team side of things, it was a bit of a challenging day behind the scenes on, on, on Dylan Wright program. Um, as far as he wasn't super comfortable, um, he was a little bit off, and, and Galdi can back me up on the second. Second moto was, was shaky, Galdi. Like, it was, yeah. it, it was very shaky, and uh, we, we were, of course, he still won by 20 seconds at the end of the day, or 18 seconds, and he won, and, and it was all good. There was not one point of the moto where I didn't think he was going to win, even after he went down. Yeah. But um, honestly... We were laughing. Colt and I were sitting under the tent uh, having a beer at the end of the day. And Dylan comes back from the podium. He's like, I know, boys. Just let me grab my chair. I'll come sit here and you guys can shit on me for how shitty I rode. And I'm like, dude, what were you doing? Like, he just, he just, he said it. He goes, I lost my mind. He goes, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling comfortable. I started riding like an idiot. And then I got more mad. And then I started making mistakes. And it is what it is. And I'm like, well, you still won, so be happy. He's like, nope, I'm not fucking happy. I'm getting up tomorrow morning, and I'm going running, and I'm going to do this. He's going to improve for, for next week. It was still really good. Yeah. But like I said, a bit of a challenge in the second moto. The first moto, man, like it was it was hard to watch because it was like on the radio side of things, it was like plus four, plus eight, plus 12, plus like literally it was four seconds a lap at one point in the moto. Yeah. His best lap was almost four seconds better than uh, T-Dags, um, fastest to fastest or something like that. Um, and he lapped up to, what did we talk about, Galdi? He lapped up to six? He lapped up to six in the first moto, seventh in the second moto, and he lapped ninth and tenth twice. Twice. Oh, yeah. wow. He lapped up to ninth and tenth both moto twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's like, I mean, there's some guys, and obviously, you know, hey, respect and all, everybody's yeah, talking about there's. Yeah. There's a handful of guys that are in that class that are not pros and how they got to be a pro and anything like that. And again, I'm not trying to knock them and I won't out anybody, but like they're not even local pros. 30 to 35 seconds a lap slower, man. Like, so that's so, more dangerous than, than good. So Ken, we were into lappers at the start of lap three. Of both motos in the 450 class, the start of lap yeah, three. Yeah, three, three laps. And, in and, and I was sitting, like, I, at the end of the day, once again, me and Colt were just kind of conversing about the day. And these guys are not even local pros. And, and like I said, I we need them to show up because we need a fucking class, but they're not even local. How they became pros, I don't know. Like, I'm not they sure. They don't come to my race. They don't come to my race. I know. I'm fucking some of the names. I'm like, who the hell are these fucking guys? Yeah. Anyways. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. me fired up. So second place, again, Tyler Medaglia, 2-2. Uh, two, two. So it's kind of weird. First, second, third, and fourth was 1-1, 2-2, 3-3, 4-4. So T-Dags, like, again, he just does, did what he does. Galdi, what did you think of that ride? It was cool, actually, to see how he changed from Moto 1 to Moto 2. Like, he was a completely different rider in Moto 2. They made some bike changes, I guess he said, and, and uh, it obviously played in favor. Because in Moto 1, he, in the interview, he said, I fought the bike, and I was just riding dumb, and my arms pumped up, and, and all this stuff. And and, uh, and then he made the change in the second Moto. He was, like, he challenged Dylan after he crashed. He challenged him for, like, half the race. So, it, you kind of, I mean, again, we're gonna, it's hard not 
So we're talking about the same guys. We're doing this with the same thing, the same finishes. But like, man, just the, the respect you got to give Tyler right now. Yeah. It's like, I think this weekend, I, I've been kind of saying that maybe he isn't the best Tyler I've ever seen. I think this weekend gave me a nudge showcasing that he's the best Tyler I've ever seen. Because yeah, he he's just able to make little adjustments and, and things like that. He closes the gap. He's beating these other guys handily. And um, unfortunately, he's racing the best Dylan Wright we may have ever seen. Yep. <laughs> and and it's it's putting him into that position where he's, at one point, he was 32 seconds behind in uh, in uh, moto number one, um, you know, which is obviously huge. But he's still second place. So, yep. you know, kudos to the guy, 34 years old, found him at the laps. We talked about the age and all this stuff like that. But, like, you know, say say Dylan Wright, like we were talking about this, say Dylan Wright doesn't come back next year. He did his maybe a GP thing or some American thing or something that we all maybe wish he could do. Well, fuck, man, Tyler Medallia is the guy coming into next year with the fucking with the bullet bull with the bullseye on. Yep. You know what I mean? At least yep. these teams hire Americans again and shit like that. Dude, he'd be a 35-year-old champion, like, regardless. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool, right? That is awesome. Man. Him and John Dowd. Him and John Dowd. <laughs> John Dowd was a Supercross champion at, like, 34 or 35 years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a cool story. I mean, he's just a great guy. And he's, yeah, and that whole, like, I, I talked to him last week, that whole program that I got over there, they're just having fun. They're smiling. It, it, it speaks volumes about what Canadian motocross truly is in that, and it's, it's, it's fun to see. Yep. It uh, is very Okay, third place was uh, Sean Moffenbeyer, again, 3-3. Uh, Noof, is there anything you want to say about Sean's ride? Yeah, you know what? Him and T-Dags had a great battle in uh, Moto1, like, going yeah. at it back and forth. And uh, Sean actually, like like Galdi said, T-Dags figured the shit out for Moto2, but T-Dags wasn't great in the first Moto, but Sean was really good. Um, and Sean actually qualified P2 as well, I believe. Um, yeah, which he's not known for his... Uh, expertise uh sand skills coming from uh saskatchewan <laughs> type yeah, of thing yeah but um yeah he had a good day i mean there, he was a long ways off at the end of both motos but i don't know it's like i said i'm kind of the same thing with galdi like we're talking about the same guys over and over again they're yeah. doing the same things over and over again but it was cool to see sean i thought this would be his worst round but it was actually kind of just what he's been doing he is that third place guy like that's where yeah, he is I think that's so, where yeah. he's been um and that's where he'll continue to stay in my opinion fourth place was tanner ward so he went 4-4 as i already mentioned um yeah so him and him and moff kind of can switch back and forth it seems like moff is more consistently that third place guy but 4-4 for tanner uh i didn't really see much on the broadcast that made it look like he was having a really good ride but he was always there uh, Goldie, did, what did you see when you were there at the track? Um, I mean, he rode good, but yeah, he, and he got starts both motos. Um, the first moto, he just couldn't hang that pace that Sean and Tyler had. And the second moto, it looked like it was going to start kind of coming together. Uh, but like lap three or so, his bike just started to cough and sputtered and making a really crappy noise. And then it sort of fixed itself and then it kind yeah, of made the good. noise again. And both me and you thought maybe he had some bad gas, uh, the way that it was running. And he just was basically kind of coasting around and forth the, the entire moto, hoping that the bike wouldn't quit. And so a bit of a frustration on that one because I think it looked like it kind of looked like he was ready to fight in that in that second moto. And he never kind of he never really got the opportunity to do it. And um, uh, unfortunately, I don't I don't think we've seen our best Tanner Ward yet. Yes, he did get that second second in the moto wall, but I think there's more. He's got more in him. 
And um, I just, I hopefully we get to see it sooner than later. I, I, I think he belongs. Like he can, I think he can run the pace with Sean and, and, and Tyler a lot closer if it's just a few things kind of fell his way. Okay, fifth overall was uh, Chris Blackmer. Again, kind of like uh, Mitchell Harrison. I think everybody had really high expectations for him coming in, and he kind of just did what he's done at the last couple of races with uh, eight, eight, five for fifth overall. Noof, uh, did did you see anything while you were there at the track about about Chris's ride that you think you should uh, bring up? No, it was there. There wasn't much to talk about on that side. I mean, it's still a good. His second moto was good. Five. He's hurt though. I listened yeah. to um, our friend there, Steve Mathis, did a podcast with him, a uh, privateer pod. And he, he's got a broken fibula. I didn't even know. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but he's got a broken leg right now or something like that. Crack um, or something. A crack or something like that. So he's hurt. But um, yeah, he he looks good. I mean, starts were, were pretty good. and But he's kind of, like I said, I hate to say what I just said about Mock. He's kind of fallen into that that group of guys right like that's who he is he's kind of that fifth overall guy um get some starts but we haven't seen that we were all excited on on chris and we still are i'm happy to have him here don't know him that well but we were like real like oh man this kid's got some jam um after Kamloops, right yeah. we haven't seen that kind of we haven't had that same excitement so anyways regardless Still good right fifth overall man i'd be stoked to get fifth overall and go for dudes yeah. and fucking beat out track right <laughs> yeah he's probably never rode anything that gnarly before no uh six overall was uh liam o'farrell so he's uh the workhorse he uh put in some more work uh seventh in the first moto six in the second uh, moto goldie what was, do you think uh, i mean he, he finished sixth and he probably got up at 6 a.m to go to work today yep <laughs> so and he'll take he'll he'll work a six hour shift and then have lunch and then work another six hours and then ride six and then he'll ride six days and in six days he'll do it again at santa lee <laughs> yep. yeah um yeah he's a beast liam's just a great guy great family his, his one of his main sponsors priority mechanical helps me in amo and yeah it's, it's fun to watch but yeah, he, uh, he earned the six in that second motor. He kind of fought from a little farther back, but he's riding great. He's doing exactly what Liam does for sure, man. Uh, seventh overall was Daniel Elmore with uh, six in the first moto, seventh in the second moto. Uh, Noof, did you see anything uh, about Daniel's ride? <clears throat> I mean, the, I mean, those are two good, solid results, like yeah. no question at all. And, and Daniel coming off an of injury and stuff, and he looks he looked good out there. It's just like. <sighs> This is going to sound bad. And, man, you get like, when we, I hate to say the old days and, and things were tougher and this and that. Dude, I was never, I was never at that top five caliber of those guys that we just went through. But, man, when we used to finish Galdi, like, get a tenth in a moto in, like, 2000, you weren't going to lap down. It's just, no, it's, it's just. Like, and I, I want to love these guys and, and give them so much respect because they're going, you know, six, seven is a great day. But like, like Goldie just said, Liam O'Farrell's fucking working 12 hour shifts and he's taking care of his family and, and he's fucking riding dirt bikes once in a while. And he's getting sixth in nationals. Like, man, like it's, it's just the depth is not there right now. And for yeah. Daniel just coming off an injury, like that's a great ride. Seventh overall. I'd be fucking stoked today. But, you know, it's there's not a, we'll keep going down the list here but it's it's pretty it's pretty hurt right now yeah 
Yeah. And like I said, I'm not talking. It's maybe Galdi is it because Dylan's so good? We're not giving these guys as much. Well, I think that's where we're at. It's almost like that those years that um, Carmichael did the, the the perfect seasons. He dominated so much that it just took the wind and the good rise and the specialties out of all what these other guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very similar thing. Like Dylan is so good right now, and Tyler is like Kevin Windham back then. Like he's yeah. just a little bit off, you know. And then, but behind that, it's like everybody else, and they're riding yeah. good, and they're putting in effort, and they're training, and everything. But it's like such a gap that you're like, well, yeah, yeah you got third, man. Good job, way to go. I guess, but like yeah. you're fucking and forty-five like, seconds behind the leader, or a minute behind the leader. You know, but it's hard not to, you know, as us as these analysts looking at it and and critics yeah. to, to not yeah. be like, fuck, you just you want some more, or are they just not good enough, or what yeah. it is? But fuck yeah, Daniel Elmore rode amazing this weekend, yeah, he did. and he, he got did. he got he got fucking lap both motos. Yeah. yeah, one of them he almost got lap twice. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah, it's, it's a shitty way to look at it, but I mean, it is what it is, man. That's our job nowadays, and that's why we do these and. And stuff like that, and, and you, you, you put out the hard, the hard, uh, you put out the hard thoughts on it, and, and you know some get upset, some don't, but it, it's just the way the series is right now. It's a bit of a lull in the way that the the growth up. But I mean, if you look at the Canadian series right now, you know the Daniel Elmores of the world, um, the uh, the Tanner Wards, uh, and then the Piccolo McNabb and and, and Quinn Amiots. Like, there's a good crop of 16 to 22 yeah. year old kids right now that are in maybe two years we're all gonna be like holy shit that guy got 90 went nine nine but, and you know yeah. stuff like that yeah. so. but here's the but here's the problem that really, I guess it's not a problem but here's the thing though like i'm daniel elmore and i just went six seven at a national and it's phenomenal and he wrote great and he's grinding it out and he has great support from cycle north no team no teams are looking at Daniel Elmore, though. Like, back in our day when we were going, you know, five, six, sevens, eight, nines, ten, we were getting rides with yeah. those results. He's not mm. getting – he's not – and for him, it's going to be frustrating because his support probably won't change for next year. Like, he's going to be – No, and he's, he's gotten better. And he's gotten better, but there's no support because I, – I don't know what I guess I'm trying to say, but it's just – yeah, it's 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 – it's it a shitty reality. It sucks, it's a yeah. fucking reality that we're seeing right now. And it sucks because it was something that wasn't there for the longest time. And now it is there imminently and, and prominent. It's easy to see. And it's a shitty reality for a guy like a Danielle Mar going 7-6 on the day for 7th overall sure. at a Canadian National. And he won't yeah. – luckily, fuck yeah, like it won't change. He's not going to get a raise in pay. He's not going to get another bike. Some yeah. blonde sugar big fakers ain't going to come hunting him through the pits and shit. Well, maybe no. they will, but – <laughs> well, let's let's ask this, Ken. What's your thoughts on this? The depth of the 450 class, and what like you're you're the super fan here. Yeah, tell tell us what you think. <laughs> well, I think you guys covered it. Like, I don't know. Like, it, watching from home, it gets hard to see. Like, you just see the result. It's hard to to tell how the actual race went. But I guess when guys are getting lapped in sixth and seventh place, yeah, that's not ideal. You want you want. You want people that can kind of hang with the leaders up through the, the whole top ten. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's not good. But again, the, I, I I covered the first three races for MXP Magazine, and the first thing I noticed is there's just not a whole lot of money. The 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 top three or four teams, there's lots of money there. But once you get out of that, it's just guys working out of a van yeah. and with their grandpa and their dad and all that. You know yeah. what I mean? So. 
it's kind of what you would expect, and Canada's not a big series. Like, just going back to the 250 class, I went and looked up Josiah Notsky's results from last year in New Zealand, and he was like a third to fifth place guy in New Zealand. So I don't know, like, is that just where Canada is as far as we have? It's a really big country with not very many people. It's hard to get to the races. It's just hard for these guys to to really develop. When you see a, a yeah. country like uh, New Zealand that's putting out riders, their fifth place guy comes to Canada and just gets one ones pretty much every time he lines up. So, well then, fucking everybody should come. These yeah. guys that aren't making, they should all come. But here's the thing: there's no money right now for these guys to be making. Yeah, that's right. Maybe, but we need a we need a switch. Like, you know, obviously the the the, the changing of the guard, Galdi, um, with the series with with Sally Brass, you know, and Jetworks coming in and then COVID hits and fucking tough times. Like the motorcycle industry has never been doing better. But yeah, it seems but like it's not relaying it's not relaying into the racing side yeah. of it. It's not reeling into the racing the pro racing side. Your amateur races are great, Goldie. Yes, Mine are great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the pro so side what about of it this? What, is you know so how we uh, sorry. How about this? We we always used to say things about uh, you know like have a stock rule in the 250 class so that the the budget stays down or whatever like this. Every racer that finishes top 20 in the points, both classes, has to have a regular 40 hour a week job for eight months a year, <laughs> and they can't they can't ride or travel to Florida or anything like that. Yeah. And then a month before the season. That's when they get their bikes and their parts and all their shit, and they get to work on it. Fucking, and everybody's on a level playing field. Yeah, yeah, that was fair. Yeah, yeah you got to bring pay stubs in to prove it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe for the eighth through twelfth or fifteenth, Goldie, you start. Maybe just pick one or two guys that you want to talk about in that group. I guess Weston Rosina um, with a, a sore shoulder, maybe. Yeah, I, I was I was impressed with Weston after getting hurt. That was cool to put the fight. He went what eleven nine or ten nine. 10 9, yeah. Right? Yeah, so that was cool to see. Like, uh, you know, Weston's, we kind of brought it up on the show a little bit, kind of having fun. You know, he was a tainted amateur. He actually came in the same time as Dylan Wright. Tainted amateur, didn't work out. He has rebirthed his career by racing a pit bike, a two stroke, a 450 in Supercross, and now on a, on a factory team. And he's showing that. He wants it because he went up this weekend and rode, and and uh, it was cool to see. Like he said, he wasn't going to even race. I talked to him on Saturday morning, uh, and uh, he's like, I wasn't going to race uh, because my shoulder felt fine. But he's like, I think I got a broken rib or two. I never got an X-ray because it never really hurt till a couple days later. And he's like, I couldn't breathe or anything like that. And then he went jet skiing on Friday, wrapped himself in a freaking life jacket. And he's like, man, I got no pain. So they taped him up, and he went racing, and boom, he got great points. So. That was cool to see. Uh, Brendan McKee out of Saskatchewan. He yeah. had some good motos. It was neat to see him get up there. We gave him some love on TV. I was really proud of my TV guys this weekend. Uh, Blake Brett was in the booth, and we got a lot more action back there with some of those guys that aren't getting to the thing. We got some Daniel Elmore on For there. Sure, yeah. um, unfortunately, I didn't get T. Parrot, the Birdman, because he <laughs> had his worst weekend. <laughs> now, the Birdman had his worst weekend, but... Yeah. You know, those guys are all putting in effort, trying hard and stuff like that. And, and Ron Derry, Yannick Boucher. Um, I think Yannick Boucher needs to lose some of his protective gear. I think he's got too much shit on. He looks like a looks like the fucking Terminator. Terminator yeah. right there or something. I don't know. He's, just, he's got elbow pads and neck pads and shoulder pads. And I don't know how he hangs onto his bike. He looks like that guy that was going to double backflip at, at fucking Montreal years ago when he was wearing all his hockey gear and, yeah. and work gloves. Work gloves, yeah. But he rides great. And he had a great finish. I just look at him like... It just looks uncomfortable. He just looks uncomfortable. But he's riding amazing. So I can't knock him for that. So, but uh, 
Yeah, those guys are all, all doing good and everything, and the only way they're going to get love is on this podcast because we watch them and we see them and we, we give them props. Okay, Noof. Uh, well, I guess, Galdi, you mentioned that Dylan might be looking at going and racing some races down south here uh, in the next little bit. Noof, is there any news on that? What, what races we can hope to see him uh, take part in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross? Well, there <clears throat> there is talk, depending on how the next couple weekends go. Um, yeah. Uh, Unadilla Saturday, uh, Walton Sunday. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, me driving, wrenching, uh, throughout the night, drive back, but that ain't happening on my end. I, I can't, I can't go. I mean, I'm going to be at Transcam with my family unless Galdi could take my kids to the line and, <laughs> and my wife would divorce me 100% if I did that. But anyways, um, but that would be cool. Does Unadilla, yeah. um, he can pull it off. Um, but he needs to get his knees fixed, though. That really, like... Yep. <laughs> during the 450 moto, yeah, the first 450 moto yesterday, it was so boring. I was bullshitting with... Uh, uh, who was I talking to? Oh, Chad from Cowie. And we are just like, man, like, all right, this is, this is boring to watch and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, he just needs to get his knees fixed and, like, and figure something out. Like, um, I don't personally think we'll see him here next year. Um, he kept talking about U.S. stuff yesterday. Like, I want to go to the U.S., I want to go to the U.S., so, which I never really heard him say because I think he's a, would be a great fit in the GPs. It's going to be hard for him to find a ride in the U.S. Um, who's going to hire him, Galdi, to do outdoors only? I think in the U.S. it would be super tough, and that would be a huge investment on his part where I think the GPs that saw a vision of him could get him a ride and maybe just a little bit of money to help cover things, and then he'd only have to invest some of of his winnings and and bankroll that he's making in these days. I think the U.S. would set him back a lot more, whether it works works out or not that's you know that's time will tell but i don't know i just think that it is the way that he is he's young he's still young enough go travel the world with him he's gonna be here go travel the world see a bunch of different places and do that you know yeah. you know fuck the american thing it's not gonna go anywhere even if you even if you went and got like what i don't know fifth in the series is that gonna yeah. really do anything if no. you get fifth in the gp series is that gonna do anything i don't know but i feel like that one would be a better one for the experience and life experience type things for at the age that he's at and, well, and i don't think it would set him back as much of his own money in my opinion i feel like well, somebody would yeah. would pay his way and i think too that like he's he's the right kind of person to do the gps like he nothing bothers him he doesn't care if he sleeps on the fucking ground or <laughs> sleeps in a five-star hotel like he doesn't he doesn't care he's so simple that way right yeah and that he's the right be, amount of dumb he's the right, right amount of dumb right amount of dumb for it <laughs> like and the same thing with the bike he's not overly picky and, and, and jet lag and tired he's always going to give you the same effort level every single time which is 100 percent, no matter what is yeah, happening awesome. around him right so I, I agree because if he was go to the U.S., he's gonna have to go to like a club MX. Like no big, big, big team is gonna hire him to do outdoors. So he'd have to go to kind of a lower tier team, which is totally fine. But financially, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, we'd love to see it, but yeah. I just want to see him do something that I can cheer for him besides winning every single moto in Canada. Yeah. Imagine how much red wine he'd be drinking if he had a ride somewhere else. Holy shit. <laughs> every every Saturday or Sunday, wherever he is, just fucking oh, crack a bottle. Fucking bottles, if, yeah, it was the G- 
If it was the GP, uh, some of them are like five in the morning our time. We just <laughs> greased by seven a.m. on a bottle of wine with your wife last night. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's just do our uh, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment of the weekend. Uh, Galdi, you can start. What uh, What do you think? Um, I've been thinking about this whole time. I don't. I don't really have either one. Nothing really like blew my doors off as far as uh, as far as things go. Um, I mean, I guess I guess uh, the surprise of I guess you know what Piccolo surprised me a little bit because he with the way that he had the crash and then in the in the second moto looked like he wasn't going to fight. He he really fought himself into a pretty decent day that didn't look like it was going to go well. I mean, his starts were good, but I just like what I saw in the motos because when the the last two years that he's been this new Piccolo kid that's a champion, you've seen some moments where you're like, he just started going backwards or what it is, and he's looking back and stuff like that. I, he was looking back again this weekend, but he kept himself in the hunt. I thought that was kind of cool. I, I don't know why it's a, maybe a surprise, but it, that kind of surprised me that he didn't fall apart there and he showed a championship weekend mm-hmm. on a tough weekend where it didn't look like he was going to have a very good a very good score and he got a little bit of luck with the Harrison thing as well so that was that was a bit of a surprise I kind of thought that was cool to see and um uh 450 I don't really have I actually I was a bit surprised by Brendan McKee actually because he, uh, he's from Saskatchewan yeah. too and didn't think he'd be in a sand but he was fighting for top tens both motos in there so that was kind of cool to yeah. see I wonder um, where he's from because there's a Lloyd Mint Lloyd Mint Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's much sand. Like Saskatoon, they're the only track really around there is it's right by the river and it's it's actually pretty deep sand. So if people from Saskatoon area might be pretty good at sand, but everything else is just shitty hard packed concrete. But yeah. Fucking pavement. Yeah. Yeah. Um biggest disappointment. I I don't really, I don't have one. I thought everything, fl- I guess the TV, that was a disappointment. Not doing something live. Like I do it, I love doing it live and not to have it live was sucks. So like, I mean, a big number one middle finger to Rogers, I guess on that one. I mean, I don't know how you shit the bed on that and let your whole fucking country down, but um, yeah. it, it bit us in the ass. And I mean, if we still were able to make a show and have a good time and all, but that was a, that was a, that was a bit of a disappointment. Oh, actually, you know what? The watering system. <laughs> the gun system, dude, the gun system that they have at Gopher Dunes works amazing on practice days when, like, nobody's out in the middle of the track. But the guns they have, it's soaking all the cameramen. It's soaking all the cameras. People in the beer garden are getting so big that they're fucking standing under these huge fucking guns that are just spraying. I'm watching this. I'm in a tent on the top of the trailer. We pulled it all the way down so none of our shit got wet. And I'm just watching all these people. This lady was just about to look like she was about to sip a beer and it just got blown out of her hand because this fucking oversized water gun just blew it up. It was, it was pretty entertaining, I guess. It wasn't not on the disappointing side, but I, it's such an amazing system, but it doesn't work great on this day because of all the extras that are added around the track. So that was kind of a disappointment, but it also made me fucking laugh a lot too. Okay, new same question to you. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really have any... Um, crazy disappointments but then i started listening to goldie the Birdman was disappoint disappointing uh yeah t parrot that dude and i talked to him too because i know his mechanic really well and he's a fucking great guy and a great kid and i talked to him before the first 450 mile i'm like dude just go out there and just circulate and ride 75 percent, and you're gonna go you're gonna go 12 12 like you're gonna go 12 12 easily right 
And he's like, okay, yeah, well, you know, I just, I can't ride this stuff. I can't ride this stuff. I'm like, you're a fucking good rider. Like, you can ride, like, you can figure it out. But anyways, his day was shit, and he wasn't happy. Um, so that was a bummer to see, and he lost, like, because he was way up there in the points. Um, so he's back now in the points when Galdi and I were going over them last night. Uh, Felix Lopez, uh, shit day, 5.30, bike broke in the second moto, so that sucks for him. That was a disappointment, not from him, but that the fact the bike broke. Yeah. And then um, my biggest surprise, um, I'm going uh, Brandon McKee. Uh, maybe that is a thing, Ken, but the Saskatchewan sand. Who knew, yeah. <laughs> who knew Saskatchewan riders were sand specialists? They called him Moffenbeier and Brandon McKee. Yeah, there you go. There so, it is. Uh, um, and then sand. my other uh, my other surprise. Uh, let me give you a two fifty one. Uh, Wyatt Kerr. Wyatt Kerr's aggression yep. on the first few laps. That was good. So happy for him. There you go. Nice. Okay. Well, I have one small disappointment. I guess would be the the two uh, Michigan boys. I interviewed them both twice. I think when I was out covering the races for MXP, and they both yep. mentioned each time that they were looking forward to getting into the sand. So I was really expecting. Just a little more. It's not like they had really bad days or anything like that. Just I thought they would be a little more uh, dominant. Okay, so I guess Is there a waitress in the background too. <laughs> oh yeah, I ordered fish and chips. Sorry, boys. Oh, I ordered nice. fish and chips. Yeah. Well, all right, boys. Yeah, I think we're we're good here. So thanks to everybody for listening to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, thanks to Newf and Galdi for sharing your thoughts and your insights, and I guess we'll talk to you guys next weekend when we get together to talk about Sandalee, and hopefully we can get some better timing. Okay, we'll see you guys later.